The following audio is from Fathom Church in downtown Littleton, Colorado. More information about Fathom can be found at fathomchurch.org. Good morning, church. Uh, For those of you, first of all, welcome. For those of you that are in the room, welcome to those that are online uh, joining us this morning. For those of you that don't really know me, my name is Kyle Knight. I'm the youth and digital minister here at Fathom. And uh, welcome to Youth Pastor Sunday. Um, the, the Sunday and actually the day right after Halloween where youth pastors get to preach. So you got me this morning. Um, I am excited to be up here with you all uh, today. So uh, I've got a lot to talk about. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open them up. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 6. That's where we'll be spending most of our time. If you don't have your Bibles, pull out the phones and the tablets, get the, the Bible apps going. But um, this morning we are moving into our third Uh, week of this discipline series. And I'll say this right off the bat. I do believe that as Christians, that we do this discipline. You know, some of the other ones we might not really know about or not really do, but I I do believe that, that, that we do this one or we know that we should at least be doing this one. Um, especially, I think this might be the most common discipline, especially in our series, our six-week series that we are doing now. I think maybe even a little bit more common than reading our scriptures and memorizing them, like Chris talked about the first week. I think especially more common than practicing the Sabbath, which I know for me, that one is really, really difficult. Um, so I think we have a head start on this one, at least in the, the sense that we could say we know we should be doing this, or we might actually do this one already. But I, I do believe uh, we practice this discipline. We might not be practicing it correctly, and this especially to the fullest of what God intended it to be for us. And so the discipline that we'll be talking about this morning is prayer. Okay, prayer. Um, but first, I want to ask you guys a question. Do you have like, do you have like a go-to show? Like a go-to show that maybe you've seen a million times before, um, but you, you know it's good. And whenever there's like nothing else on, you try to find something on, you end up going back to this show. It's your tried and true show, your go-to show. Um, I've got, I've got a newborn at home, um, and that kind of means that uh, sleep is at a minimum uh, during the night. And so usually when, if, if I'm up doing a feeding in the middle of the night, I've got my coffee to keep myself awake. But what else I do is I just I turn on the TV, and I usually go to my, my go-to show that's, that's tried and true. And for me, that's The Office, okay? The Office. Now, I call this my go-to show, and actually it's probably safe to say it's my wife and my both of our go-to shows, because even on like a Friday night when we're trying to find something to watch, we're flipping through Netflix. I know we've all been there just flipping through, trying to find something. Usually it ends up with one of us looking at each other saying, let's just watch The Office. You know, it's, it's not even a question of, it's not even a question of, uh, do you want to watch The Office again? It's, let's just watch The Office. It's our tried and true, it's, it's our go-to show. I'm sure most of you have one, one that you've seen so many times before. You know it's good. That's why you keep going back to it. But you know every word to every episode, no matter what season it is, no matter what episode it is. It's definitely good, but it's one that we keep going back to. It never disappoints us. Um, but it's also nothing new, right? We've seen it all before. Sometimes we even put it on in the background, like if you're cleaning the house and you just put on a TV show, or if you're sitting in bed scrolling through your phone at night, you just put on a show in the background, uh, our go-to show. And sometimes we put it on in the background and we still know every word. We still know what scene is coming up. You always know that, that quotable line that's coming up next. Like, you know, 
Bears eat beets. Bears, beets, Battlestar. Yeah, that was awesome. Thank you. See, I was, I was hoping you guys would finish that Battlestar Galactica. Okay, so you guys, you guys know what I'm talking about. I feel like we all have this kind of go-to show that's, that's tried and true. Um, it, it's, it's nothing new, though. It's usually because we couldn't find anything else to watch. We just go back to this, and we put it on because we really don't have to think about it, right? This is something we really don't have to think about. We know what happens already. It sort of becomes this mindless sort of thing that we go to. Prayer can be that show that we go to over and over and over again, a million times that we mindlessly watch, that we really, it just becomes new routine, nothing new. Um, sometimes we treat our prayers like our go-to show that become routine, mindless, and even scripted. And I said this at the beginning, I really do believe that we do this discipline or we know we should be doing this discipline, but I'll speak for myself. Um, I know I treat my prayer life sometimes like my go-to show, um, The Office. Like I, I, I have my go-to prayers that are, that are easy, um, that are mindless, meaning like it doesn't take so much effort that I could just pray them. I've already prayed these prayers a million times already. Um, I know them from memory. And if we're not careful, church, the discipline of prayer can become a habit that leads to apathy. Okay, but, but let me reassure you that um, the prayer that Jesus talks about in scripture is a prayer that is so filling, that is way more than what we offer up to our Lord on a daily basis. Um, God has so much more planned for us in our prayer lives with him than just routine or just the same old, same old. So um, I know you might be looking at your own prayer life now, feeling a bit bummed out, but that's okay. Um, we should be reflecting on these disciplines in their current state in our lives right now. I mean, even just these past few weeks, I've been sitting back there when Pastor Chris has been talking about, you know, scripture and memorizing scripture. And I'm like, oh man, I don't do that enough. Or especially last week, talking about Sabbath. I'm like, oh, that one is Extremely difficult. I don't even do that well. So um, the good thing is, church, is we have this. We have this that Jesus actually talks about and teaches us what prayer is, why prayer is important, and actually how to pray as well. So it's all in there. Uh, let's dive into it. We'll talk about first what prayer is. So what is prayer? And I'm not sure if you've asked yourself these questions uh, before, but maybe you've grown up in, in a Christian home like, like I did and you didn't really think about it that much. You just kind of did it. It was kind of a, a thing that you did. You just prayed. Um, but is prayer just a conversation with God? Well, yes, partially. Is, is prayer a time for you to ask God for things? Yes, partially. Is prayer even a time to just kind of zip your lips and hopefully hear for what God wants to tell you? Yes, partially. Um, so, so for our purposes today, I want to put a definition on prayer, a definition on prayer so that we can kind of wrap our minds around it. And that definition comes from the pastor theologian, Timothy Keller, you might know him, who defines prayer in his book called Prayer. Bold title, Tim. Way to go. Um, it might be the absolute perfect title for a book on prayer. Uh, he says this about prayer, and it'll be up on your screen. Prayer is continuing a conversation that God has started through his word and his grace, which eventually becomes a full encounter with him. 
Now, I I know that's not an all-encompassing definition of prayer, but for today, I want to go with that so we could have a definition to wrap our minds around. Prayer is a continued conversation that God started in his word that eventually becomes a full-on encounter with him. So that's where we're going to start on what is prayer. Okay, so my, my first point this morning is prayer is an encounter with God. I, I love this because I feel like we kind of pigeonhole prayer as a, conversa- a conversation, conversation with God, and sometimes even a one-way conversation with God, okay? No good relationship is built out of one-way conversation, okay? Ask anybody who's married, ask my wife, okay? In, in no way we're doing any one-way conversations that turn out well, okay? Um, but prayer is so much more than just a conversation, It's an encounter, and not just any encounter. It's an encounter with the living God, the creator of the universe, the one who knit you together before you were even born. And listen here, we, we get to have an encounter with God each and every time that we pray. How awesome is that? I mean, our, our prayer life should be an encounter, an experience with God each and every time we talk to him. Okay, this is designed to be so much more than just our go-to show that becomes mindless, that we go to over and over, that we could just kind of check off our Christian to-do list at the end of the day that becomes so easy and routine. It's meant to be a rich and worthwhile encounter each and every time we pray to God. Prayer is an encounter with God. So my second point, um, and ju- just like an encounter or experience with someone suggests, prayer is something that you do. Prayer is something that you do. It's active. It's engaging. It should take work. It should take practice. That's what this whole series is about. We're going through disciplines that should take work. They should be difficult. They should take practice. You've got to do something. You've got to take action. Prayer is not meant to be a spectator sport, church. It's not meant for us to be sitting on the bench in the dugout waiting to be called into the game to actually then do something. We're meant to be in the game, taking action, doing prayer. Jesus took action many, many times in his prayer life. Um, And many times his action was to go and pray, go away and pray. And you see that a lot in scriptures. I'm going to go through three of them with you really quick, okay? Um, Luke 11, 1, it says, Now Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. Matthew 14, 23 says, And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Mark 1, 35, And rising very early in the morning while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. Jesus would take action and sometimes even go off and pray. He knew he needed to leave distractions, to leave the crowds, and do prayer with his father. Jesus didn't take prayer as a spectator sport and just wait around and not act. He would always be engaged in an encounter, in an experience with his God, with his father. So listen, listen, prayer prayer is a gift from God to us as something we get to participate in something for us to do with God. So we need to do prayer church. We need to be active in prayer, whatever that looks like for us. If that looks like what, what Jesus would do and even getting away to pray and even going up to a mountain to pray, Hey, 
We're in Colorado. We got the mountains right there. If you need to get away and pray, go for it. Whatever that looks like for you. And, and, and listen, listen to this, church. Um, we, we need to have action in our prayer lives because when will, things will happen in this world that don't go our way, and we're, we're promised that things will happen that won't go our way, then we will have to be ready to take action in our prayer life with God. So let's be doing prayer now. Okay, so, so prayer is not just a conversation with God. It's an encounter, an experience with God, and something that we need to actively participate in. Okay, so now let's, let's take a, a look at how to pray. Okay, how to pray, because if you're like me, sometimes I am ready to pray. Um, I, I know I need to pray, but sometimes I just don't know what to pray for. I don't know who to pray for. Okay, maybe you've asked yourself that question before, like, what should I be praying for? Is, is, there, a, is there a right way to pray? Is there a wrong way to pray? Uh, should I be praying for that? Should I be asking God for that? All these things, now listen, all of those are justified questions when thinking about our prayer lives with God. Um, Sometimes we just need to be taught or even told how to pray. And luckily, we have scripture that Jesus tells us and teaches us how to pray. Okay, but before we dive into how we pray, um, let's take a look at how not to pray, okay? Because I think sometimes we go about about our prayer lives totally in the wrong way to begin with, okay? And again, the great thing is, is Jesus talks about not only how to pray, but before that, he teaches us how not to pray, which might even be more of an importance to get that first. So let's take a look at that. Um, Let's take a look at what Jesus says prayer shouldn't be. So open up your Bibles to to Matthew chapter six, and we'll start reading with verse five. It says this, "And, and when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners so that they are seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. Now, when Jesus says to, to not be like the hypocrites who are praying in the synagogues or, or staying on the street corners that other people can see, that does not mean that Prayer in front of others is bad, okay? We pray up here in church. We have things like first Sunday prayer right after this service where we pray as a group. You pray in your your D groups all the time. What he's saying is, is don't be a show-off in your prayer, okay? Don't be flashy in your prayer. Don't be one of those guys who likes to volunteer to pray all the time just because they like to hear the sound of their voice and they might think they're more righteous than everybody else if they're the ones Pray. Don't be like those guys in prayer. In fact, a few times Jesus says, go into a secret, go into secret and pray. Like in the next verse, in verse six, it says, but when you pray, go in your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. Now, again, does that mean that every time you pray, Jesus is saying, you need to go into your room. You need to be alone and be in secret. No. That's not what he's saying. He's saying, don't be showy in your prayer. If anything, if you need to, to to not take attention on yourself, if you need to go away and pray in in secret and by yourself, then go for it. Not taking attention on yourself. Go to a place where you can pray a meaningful prayer to God. Um, Just just you and him and not something that you're kind of walking that line of, of, of being in front of others and maybe taking the attention on yourself. 
um, Jesus says, go to a place. If you're going to struggle with that, that kind of attention of go to a secret place. You've got no business praying in public if you can't pray in private. Okay? You've got no business praying in public if you can't pray in private. So don't pray in front of others if you're going to make it about yourself. That's what he's saying. Don't be a distraction for others in prayer. Don't put on a show like the hypocrites Jesus is talking about here that loved to kind of put on that show, that loved to make it about themselves and hear their own voices talking. Jesus says, don't make it about yourself. Don't put on a show. And then he goes right into one other way of how not to pray, okay? Follow along with me, verse seven, how not to pray. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do. For they think that they will be heard for their many words. And verse 8, do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. What Jesus is saying here is don't have your prayers to the living God be something that's so rehearsed that almost doesn't mean anything to you anymore. This hits home for me, and um, like growing up, I don't know if, it, growing up in a Christian home, I don't know if you guys had um, kind of those certain prayers that you learned um, as, a, as a little kid, um, but I did. I had those prayers that were um, one prayer right before a meal. We knew that, that meal prayer, and one prayer like right before bedtime. I knew that prayer, and we would, we would learn them. We would even like memorize them, um, almost like they were, they, they were uh, like a play that we were in. We would know them, and I knew them really, really well. Um, and so what I would do is when it came to be those times to either pray before a meal or pray uh, before bedtime, I knew which prayer to go to. And I knew I could say it as fast as I can to get it over with and just be done with it. And it still meant the same, right? Um, so we also taught, or we have a, we have a four-year-old boy, Austin, at home. And um, a couple years ago, we started teaching him how to pray. And I even taught him um, these prayers. I wanted him to, to know how important prayer was and, um, and, and all of that. And so I, I taught him the prayers I grew, grew up with. And, and he got them like that. And he memorized them too. And so um, a little bit of a backfire. So now when we, when we go to him and it's, it's bedtime, and, and it's, it's, it's about to, we've brushed our teeth and everything like that. And I go to him and I'm like, all right, buddy, it's time to say our prayers. I'm met with, oh, dad, fine. I'm like, okay, fine, go ahead. And then I get this. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul and heap. I find a night before I get the Lord my soul. Amen. I'm like, dude, like, come on. Seriously, like, please, please don't say you're bored with a prayer at four years old already. Like, man, that's just, it was crushing. Come on. Um, but then I think about it and I'm like, okay, wait, let's, let's think about this. I was probably like that when I was little too. Um, those prayers that I, that I used to just, just memorize then, and they almost became like a burden to say, almost an annoyance to just kind of say them and get them over with. Um, and then they just become like these empty words and phrases that we just heap up to our creator. Um, church, our, our prayers should not be mundane and lifeless prayers that we just, be, that just become routine, that we just heap up to God whenever we feel like it. Our prayers should have life. Now, hear me. Our prayers do not have to be perfect. Okay, I know a lot of us need to hear that. Our prayers do not have to be perfect. We don't need them to be rehearsed. We don't need to worry if we're saying the right things or not. God just wants us. He wants our prayers to be real from the heart, a real encounter 
with him. He doesn't ask for perfection. He doesn't even ask them to be good. Okay, he's just happy that you're diving into an encounter with him. He loves to be with you, church. So don't get so focused on what words you're saying in your prayers. Just be with him. So if that is what Jesus says prayer is not, then let's actually look at um, how we should pray, how Jesus gives us some tips on prayer. Okay, now, now this is where we're going to get very practical, church. We've been doing this throughout the whole, the whole series so far. We want to make these things practical so we could take them home and actually use them and do something with them. Okay, so, so here we go. The next part in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus goes into what's called the Lord's Prayer. And I'm sure a lot of you have heard that um, many, many times. Um, we've all kind of heard that, but... Um, Many of us know this, but let's, let's break it down practically and then use, uh, use a tool to kind of focus it on our own prayer lives, okay? So let's look at this in verse 9. Let's read this. Jesus says this, Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Okay. Now, if we were to pray that prayer every time we'd be good. Okay. We'd be doing it right. We, we really, really would. Cause Jesus told us this is what you should pray. But if you're like me, sometimes I look at that and I'm like, okay, there's some old words in this prayer. Hallowed. I don't know what lots of these things mean. Um, so this is where we've kind of come up with this again. We've got a, we've got a little, little printout thing that's on the website, okay? Um, this is something that, that we've put together. It's nothing new that we came up with. This is out there as a tool um, to help us set up our prayers so that we're actually getting the most out of our prayer lives with God, okay? Most of what he planned for us in prayer. It's not perfect. Again, this is not an all-encompassing way to pray, uh, but it's a start, okay? That's what we're doing in this series. It's a start, this is a way that we can start training ourselves um, in, in the discipline of prayer and help our prayer lives go from just heaping up kind of that wish list to God every single time to actually having deep and meaningful experiences and encounters with God. So, so let me go through this really quick. And again, this is on our website, um, fathomchurch.org slash disciplines. Print this out. Fill this out. I'm going to go through this in just a second. Fill this out in your daily prayer time with God this week. Um, it'll, it'll help. So, um, so let me go through this. This is a helpful tool that's called the ACTS prayer. Okay, A-C-T-S prayer. That might help you organize your prayers better and expand our prayer lives, okay? So let me go through what this stands for. The A in ACTS prayer stands for adoration. Okay, adoration. Give God praise and honor for who he is as Lord over all. The Lord's, the Lord's prayer has this in there. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, or holy is your name. This is the first and foremost starting off our, our continued conversation and encounter with God by acknowledging who he is. Okay, God, I adore you. God, you are holy. Bless you, Father. Not starting off with our like list of demands that we, we like to go to right off the bat, but acknowledging who we're in the presence of. Start with praise. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Starting off by getting our position right and our standing right with God. 
This is all about you, God. This is not about me. Adoration. Giving it all to God first. Okay? The C in Acts. The C in Acts stands for confession. Okay, yes, this is the one we don't really like sometimes. All right? Um, This is honestly dealing with the sin in your life with God. Confessing those things with God. God, I messed up. God, I am so deep in this sin that I just, I feel myself being pulled away from you. God, forgive me. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. This one we don't like that much, but we forget the importance of this one. Okay, in 1 John 1, 9, it says this, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We start with praise and then we move into repentance. So the C in Acts prayer stands for confession. Now the T, the T stands for thanksgiving. Okay, thanksgiving. Verbalize what you're grateful for in your prayer life and in the world around you. Now hear me, usually at this time, this is the easiest prayer. We're, all, we're getting close to thanksgiving and we love to pray prayers of thanksgiving on thanksgiving, right? This year, might be a little bit more tough with those sorts of things because we've all been through a really difficult year. So some of us might, that might be harder to thank God for certain of those things. But, but listen, we need to thank God for those hard times, for those blessings. Give God thanks for what he is doing in your, not just in your life, but in the life of others around you. There's so many things to be thankful for. God, thank you for loving me. God, Thank you for being there for me. God, thank you for, for freedoms. I mean, like Chris said, we're in a week, a crazy week here. Like we're, we're in an election. God, thank you that I get to participate in something like that, that I have those freedoms to do that. So you start with praise, you move to repentance, and then you move to gratitude. So thank you, God. And lastly, the S in Acts stands for supplication, Okay. Supplication. Once you've praised him for who he is and you've moved to confessing and repentance of your sins and you're filled with gratitude for what he's done in your life, then you move to bringing things to him. Okay, bringing things to him. Supplication is just a word that means praying for the needs of others and yourself. Okay, bringing things to God, asking him for things. Now, again, this is not just your divine wish list that you want to rub the genie lamp and say, God, I want this, 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 this. But God wants you to bring things to him. And not just bring things in your own life, but prayers for others. Okay, bring things to God. He wants to know your wants and needs. Right? And, and yeah, does he know what you need already? Yes, he's God. It's in the scriptures. He says, I know what you need already. But just like me being Austin's dad, um, do I know what Austin needs already? Yeah, I'm his dad. Of course I know what he needs. And usually I know what he needs better than he knows what he needs. Okay, dude, I know you don't need Lucky Charms and cinnamon rolls every breakfast. I know that even though you want that. I know you don't need 10 more stuffies for Christmas You have a million of them already, okay? I know you don't need that. But I still want him to come to me for things. I still want him to be like, Dad, I need you. Dad, I'm thirsty. Can I have some water? Yes, son. Yes, I'm your dad. I will get you some water. God wants you to come to him with those things. 
Okay, so that's what we're challenging you um, this week with this Acts prayer. Is it the only way to pray? No, it's, it's not. Does it have everything you should be praying for? No, but it's a helpful start for some of us whose prayer lives have become that, that sort of same old, same old thing, that rehearsed thing. Now listen, if we commit, church, if we committed to doing this every day, even for like five minutes every day, filling this out, going along with adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication, like if we prayed more intentionally over those things every time we pray, what would happen? What would happen to your life? What would happen to your prayer life? To the life of like, what would happen to your other disciplines that you're practicing? What would happen if we actually did this? Okay, so we've, we've covered what prayer is and how to pray already. Um, but as, as I kind of start to wrap this up, I want to talk about why, okay? Why do we pray? Why should we pray? Okay, why do we need to pray when, when God seems to know everything and be in control of everything and he says he, need, he knows our needs before even, like why, why do we need to do this when he knows all those things already? Why pray? And I've got three things for you on this. Number one, why should we pray? Because Jesus tells us to. Mic drop. That should be, Jesus tells us to. Plain and simple. Jesus tells us to pray. Many times in scriptures, like in Matthew 6, that we were just reading, verse 5, he says, and when you pray. Verse 6, but when you pray. Verse 7, and when you pray. And then verse 9, pray then like this. Okay, it's expected. It's expected that we pray. It's, this is part of it. Jesus doesn't give us a choice. Jesus isn't like, hey, if you want to pray to me, like you can, but if, if you don't want to, that's, that's, that's totally fine. He says, do it. Do prayer. So we should probably do it, church. Number two, why should we pray? Because Jesus did it. Because Jesus prayed. That's true too, okay? He modeled it for us. In his earthly ministry, he participated in prayer. Now, all the scriptures I read earlier, I'll go through them really quick. Luke 11, 1. Now, Jesus was at a certain place praying. Um, Matthew 14, 23, after he dismissed the crowd, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. Mark 1, 35, and rising very early in the morning while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. Jesus prayed. And as his disciples um, as, as we are trying to, as we are being called to be his disciples, we are called to be more like Jesus, right? We're called to be more like Jesus. So we should probably follow in his footsteps and pray like he did, just like he did and pray a lot. Um, and number three, why should we pray? And now here's a little bit, here's the little small part that's about us in this thing, okay? Why should we pray? Because prayer changes us. Prayer changes us. Prayer actually changes you. It strengthens you. It builds you up. It encourages you. Matthew 6, verse 8, it says, your father knows what you need before you ask him. Okay, so why ask him? Okay, why ask him? Because we need to be changed. We need change in our lives. Asking him opens us up to strength that we'll find in him and that will change us. Remember, this isn't about us changing God in our prayers. This is about him changing us. And prayer changes us because we get to be in a close encounter in those experiences with the living God, thanking him for things, 
asking him for things, confessing things to him. That will change us, church. Um, last year, my wife and I were, um, we were pregnant, expecting our, our second child. And this had taken a really, really long time for us to get pregnant. We went through like everything. We got help. No, nothing was seeming to work. And then finally, kind of last um, summer, we got pregnant. And, um, and it was great. And we prayed and we prayed so, so hard. We prayed so hard for that baby before we got pregnant. We prayed so hard for that baby. When we did get pregnant, we prayed so hard for that baby. And even when we found out that we miscarried, we prayed so hard for that baby. We might've even prayed harder after the fact than before, because we knew that prayer was the thing that was strengthening us during that time. We knew God was changing us through prayer, even when things didn't go our way. And it did change us. Like we knew we couldn't go back and change things, but we prayed anyways and God strengthened us and changed us and got us ready to do it again. And now just over a year later, we have a healthy, beautiful baby girl with us. God knew what we need even before we asked him but he still wanted us to come to him and encounter him and ask him for things. We pray because Jesus tells us to, because Jesus prayed and because prayer changes us. So church, what if we trained our prayer life to be something more than just that, that go-to show? That, that, that becomes so rehearsed and scripted and mindless. And what if we committed to, to experiencing the living God each and every time that we prayed to him. Now listen, I don't, I don't want my prayer life to become so, so mindless and stale. Like I want my prayer life to be just this, this well-worn path between me straight, straight to God that, that, that I just want to desire to be with him, never losing that desire, never losing that excitement to encountering him and experiencing him. So let's practice a more robust and lively prayer life this week, church. Will you pray with me? God, we just come before you. Um, Father, we, we, we know that you know what we need before you ask, before we ask God, but, but you want us to come to you, God. You want us to experience you more than just uh, the same old, same old prayer life, God, but you want so much more from us, God, and for us in our prayer life with you, God. God, I just I pray, God, for this church so that we can, um, we can look at our own prayer lives and, and really take a look at them and see if we're getting everything out of them that you wanted us to get out in scripture. God, I just pray that we can encounter you encounter you each and every time we pray to you this week, God. God, I pray that our prayer lives can be become so much more lively that it affects everything around us, every other discipline we're practicing, every other part of our lives, God. God, I pray that, that we, we look to you, Jesus, as your example in prayer and that we believe that prayer changes us, God. Change us from the inside out in our prayer lives, God. We thank you, Father, for these things. We pray these things in your name and the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen.